Labels. It's an interesting thing. We live in a society and a culture today where everybody is labeled. Everybody is told that you're this or you're that. We believe oftentimes the things that we're told about ourselves and sometimes to our own detriment. Isn't it great to know as that song tells us that we are exactly who God says that we are. And let me tell you what God says about us. God says that he loves us with an everlasting love. The Bible says that God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, in other words, while we were still broken, while we were still away from God, lost in our sin, that God loved us anyway. So who are we? We are children of an almighty God who loves us no matter what we might do. So today, whatever labels that you've put on yourself, whatever labels others have put on you, forget them all. Take them all and throw them out the window and recognize this, that by believing in Jesus Christ, you are a child of God, which changes everything. Now, today we're going to open God's Word in a moment. We're going to dig into God's Word and find great hope and great comfort and encouragement today. But before we do, I would ask that you just join me for a word of prayer. Father, today we pray that as we open your Word, speak to us. God, we pray for the encouragement, the challenge, the hope, the wisdom, the guidance that we need. God, in these uncertain times, that we would know exactly what it is that you want to say to us. God, that we would be strengthened in our faith, that we would grow in our faith, and God, that we would be driven, Lord, to do exactly what it is that you've called us to do. And God, if there's somebody today that is watching this service that has never believed in Jesus, has never come to the place in their life where they believe that Jesus is your son, that he died and that he rose again, I pray right now, right here today, this would be the day of salvation for them. God, help them today to make that decision, to believe and to trust in you. And God, we pray that you would do that great work during our time together here. And God, we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory in all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, right now, I want you to open your Bibles. I want you to gather your, your, your family around, wherever you might be watching this service today. Turn off all the distractions. And let's spend the next few minutes digging into uh, the hope that is found in God's Word. Now, we've been walking through over the last few weeks uh, a series we've entitled Famous Last Words. And we've been looking at the last words of Jesus. Now, up to this point, the statements that we've been looking at are statements that Jesus made on the cross. We looked at those seven statements that he made as he hung on the cross before he died, before he was taken down from that cross and placed into the tomb. Today, we're going to continue and look at some more famous last words of Jesus. But these are not words that were said on the cross. These were words that were said afterwards. These were words that were said right before he ascended into heaven and the last words that he says to us in his word, a promise for tomorrow. And the statements we're going to look at today are statements that give us really hope, that challenge us, that give us the encouragement that we need to make it through whatever it is that we might be facing. So I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. And in Matthew chapter 28, we're going to walk through just a, a couple of verses, verses 19 and 20. And we're going to look at this statement, look at these words today, because here we find the last statements that Jesus made before he ascended into heaven, that I know that today, as they have for me, that they will encourage you no matter what you might be experiencing. Because we look at this passage, and one thing that we see right up front, this statement of hope, is what we see is that Jesus was telling us, hey, fear not. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Now you think about what Jesus was saying. Right before he ascended into heaven, he's gathered his disciples there. They're sitting there on that mountainside. He's about to be taken up into heaven. They're about to witness something that they had never experienced before. And the statement that he wanted to leave with them began with these words, telling them, all authority has been given to me, both here and forever. Man, what an amazing promise. You know what that really tells us? It tells us this, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what this life has to give. Don't worry about the challenges that you're walking through. If you look in the King James Version, it says all power has been given. Here in the New King James, all authority. It's the same Greek word, uh, exosia, which literally means everything has been put into the hands of Jesus. Let me tell you why that's encouraging. That's encouraging because no matter what it is today you might be facing, no matter what you might be going through, none of it is more than Jesus can handle. Does that give you hope today? I know it does for me. We're told in the Bible at least 365 times, fear not. You can look in the scriptures over and over and over again. You probably have heard it said, as I have, that Jesus gave to us in his word. God delivered to us in his word uh, over 365 times so that we would have literally a fear not statement for every day in the year. And so what that means for you and me is that no matter what today might hold, uh, God is telling us, hey, it's all good. Don't worry about it. I've got this. I've got you and I've got this situation in my hands. Do not fear. And that's certainly a timely message for today, isn't it? Because we live in uncertainty with all of the situation that seems to be going around the globe today with the coronavirus and the other situations that we're facing, there's no doubt, there's no question uh, to be told by the one who has all authority, who has all power. And he's told us, don't, don't fear, D- don't worry, don't be afraid, don't be scared. That's an encouraging statement. It's a statement that gives us the kind of hope that we need, that no matter what it is, no matter what we might be going through, Our God has got this. Our God has got you. He's got you firmly in his grip, and he will not let you go. And it's only possible that we recognize this statement of fear not, don't worry. The only way we can truly believe that is simply if we look at life through the lens of verse 28, uh, verse 18 of chapter 28 of Matthew, that, that, that Jesus has all the authority. And so no matter what this world throws at you, Jesus is in charge. No matter how uncertain times might be, Jesus is in charge. No matter how difficult our life might be, no matter how empty our bank account might seem, no matter what our job situation, our health situation, no matter what, Jesus has all the authority. And so he says, listen, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So today, take hope in the promise And fear not, when life seems to be so scary, just sit back and listen to that still, small voice of God speaking those words into your ear, fear not, nothing is too hard for me. So Jesus made that statement, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, which tells us the statement of of fear not. But he also went on to say something in verse 19, where he told us, hey, make a difference. Look what it says in verse 19. He said, then go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, after he made the statement, hey, I've got all the authority, I've got all the power. Now you, I want you to go and make disciples. 
If you read the uh, accounts of the same conversation that took place in Matthew 28, it was also recorded in Acts chapter 1 and Mark chapter 16. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, uh, he said this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mark 16, 15 says it this way, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In other words, what Jesus was saying is that until I come back, go make a difference, go change the world. Go let them hear the hope that I've given to you. And how do we do that? There's only one way. And it's not found in like, hey, man, you know, things are good and you're going to be okay. Just stick in there and hang in there and all is well. It can't be found in, hey, man, you're a good person. And, and if you just look deep inside enough, if you look, you know, around you, you can find everything that you need to make it. No, no, no. The only hope that we have is not found in anything that the government can give or anything that even friends can give. The only hope that we can find is in the gospel. And so the challenge that Jesus gave to us is go and tell people the gospel. Go and share this message that I have come to this earth and that I died on the cross. And now you are looking at me back from the grave, back from death. And because of that, you can have hope. Man, what an important statement to us today, because today we live in a world that so often pushes away the church. They don't want to hear what we have to say, that they don't want to hear this message. And there's never been a more important time than now than to let people know that God loves them, to let people know that Christ died for them, to let them know that Christ rose again for them three days later. And he did so so that they could have life in his name. Today, Jesus clearly in his famous last words given there on that mountainside before he ascended into heaven, he made it clear, go and tell people the gospel. So here's a question for you. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time that you encouraged someone by the message found in this truth of the gospel? Last week was Easter. We celebrated the, the fact that, that Jesus rose from the grave, that he came back to life. And that because of that, we, in the power of his resurrection, that we can find the, the, the eternal life that we're all looking for. Other than last week, when have you shared that with your friends? When have you shared that with your coworkers, your family? Man, Jesus made it clear, you better do this. Go and let people know what I've done. Go and let people know what this gospel really means. The good news that I have come back to life so that you will never die. You see, he challenged us in his last words. Go and make a difference. Share the gospel. And so he made it clear in this statement, three different places, Matthew and, and the book of Acts, the book of Mark. Hey, make sure you're going and telling people the gospel. And he also, in the, the next statement, the next verse, he, he basically said this, and you better do the right thing. Look what it says in verse 20, in the first part of that verse, teaching them, Matthew chapter 28, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. This is a call to obedience. This is a call for us as followers of Christ to live out the principles that are found in God's word. As Christians, we do not have the opportunity, we do not have the privilege of discounting what God's word says. We must live by it. In James chapter 4, verse 17, it tells us that if we know to do right and we don't do it, that is sin. John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said this, if you love me, then keep my commandments. 
Today, as you're watching this service, you might be sitting there with your family. And, and, and if I were to ask you uh, to answer this question, do you love Jesus? I think probably the answer universally would be yes, I love Jesus. Well, here's what Jesus said. If you really love me, then you better do what I've told you to do. Then you better obey. You better honor the commands that I've given to you through my word. And what did he say? Man, go and tell people about me. Go share the message of the gospel. You see, we have a duty and a responsibility to do the right thing. We have an obligation to obey according to the famous last words of Jesus. He made it clear, you better do what I've told you to do. Man, as followers of Christ... So often we get to the place where we are just comfortable in our faith. We get to the place where we feel like, man, you know, I I trusted Jesus. I believed in Jesus. I asked him to save me. I know that he did. I know that I have a home in heaven. I know that eternity is mine because of Christ. And then now I'm just going to go live my life the way that I want to live it. We do not have the luxury of doing that. We as followers of Christ, now more than ever, we have a responsibility, a duty. Man, we ought to have a burden to let people know who Jesus is because every single day people in this world are dying and they're going to hell a very real place by the way God's word bears that out a real place where people will spend a real eternity separated from God a place of eternal pain and suffering a place where the fires will never go out a place where where they will be in anguish for the rest of eternity and they're going to spend eternity there unless You and I do what we are called to do and tell them about Jesus and give them the opportunity to believe. Man, we've got to do that. We've got to be faithful. Jesus said, man, do the right thing. Obey. If you love me, then do what I'm telling you to do. Jesus, as he was standing there on that hillside, he knew the challenges that would come to those followers who were standing with him. He knew the temptation that would come very soon after he left for them to drift away. He knew the world would put pressure on them. He knew the world would begin to pull them away from what they believed and what they were holding on to in that moment. And so he said, listen, no matter what happens, know this, all power has been given to me and I have given you this power. Now go and tell people, share with people this message of hope that comes from what I've done. Let people know the good news of the resurrection and make sure you tell them to do as I have told them to do. So he just clearly says that, hey, listen, do the right thing. And I think today, the church, this church, every church, man, we need to be reminded probably daily, that we have a responsibility to do exactly what it is that he's told us to do. Because we have the same distractions. We have the same temptations. We have the same things that are trying to pull us away from the hope that we have in Christ, pull us away from the message that, that, that we have to take and to deliver. Uh, we know that we live in a world today that is constantly pulling us in every direction, and it is easy to forget what our job is. What's our job? Jesus made it clear. Go and tell. And so let's do that. Let's share the message of the hope of the gospel wherever we might go. Now, he gave us these statements in Matthew chapter 28. Fear not. Go make a difference. Do the right thing. Do what I've told you to do. But he also gave us a statement here that I think is very important because he ended this challenge to the disciples and this challenge to you and me by also saying this. And by the way, good news, 
you're not alone. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 28 in the last part of verse 20. And he says these words, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I don't know about you, but man, that's really encouraging to me. I am with you always. Because let's be honest, oftentimes when we try to walk with Christ, when we try to do the right thing, we're trying to live our lives according to the principles of God's word. Let's be often, I'll be honest, sometimes we feel like we're all alone. Sometimes we feel as we're out there all by ourselves and that no one's with us and no one cares. No one's walking with us. No one is there to, for us to lean on. And we feel like we are all by ourselves and trying to carry out this duty that God has called us to, to carry out. But, but yet Jesus said in his last statement before he ascended into heaven, hey, I am with you. What an encouragement. What a hope to know that we're not alone. Years ago, Sherry and I took uh, our children to an amusement park. We had all four there. The twins, Nicholas and Natalie, were very small. They were toddlers. They were still in a, in a stroller. And so we had the great privilege of pushing around a double stroller with, with the twins uh, through the park that day. But Jonathan and Jessica were a little bit older, and they were able to walk. And, and you can imagine now, they were probably, I don't know, maybe five or four or five, six, something like that. And, and they're excited about walking into this amusement park. And so we, we enter into the gates. We're walking into the, the, the main area there and they're looking around their eyes are like wide open as big as saucers looking to see all of the exciting things that were there for them to do i mean smiles on their faces they they could not get there fast enough and so as we were walking down that main area going into the park with rides everywhere sherry and i were pushing the stroller we were walking side by side jonathan and jessica were just out in front of the stroller and we noticed that they were so excited that they kept getting further and further and further away from us They were venturing off on their own straight ahead, not paying attention to the fact that their mom and dad were right with them. They didn't really much care whether we were there or not at that moment because they just wanted to take it all in. They wanted to see everything that was so exciting in that moment. And so Sherry and I actually, we stopped and we just kind of stopped. We had the stroller there and we just kind of waited to see how far they would go, how far away from us they would get before they noticed that mom and dad were no longer in sight. And so we just watched and they continued to walk and walk and walk and they were laughing and they were smiling and they were looking around. They were so excited and they got further and further and further and further away until it got to the point where one of them, I think it was Jonathan Jr., turned around and looked and he saw that we weren't there. And then all of a sudden you could see the joy that was in his face, the smiles, the excitement immediately drained and everything now was fear. He looked around. He didn't know where we were, and he was scared. He was afraid. Jessica now picked up on the fact that we weren't there, and both of them were frightened. They did not know what to do because we were gone. Sherry and I were watching, probably with uh, a little bit of laughter maybe, as we were watching them go through this, and, and we watched their fear. We watched their uncertainty. We watched them you know, not knowing what was going to happen next, and so we quickly walked over and caught up with them so that they would feel good. They came up and gave us a big hug because now we were all back together again. But isn't that kind of like what we do in our Christian walk? Because see, what happens so often is that we, trusting Christ, believing in Christ, trusting in Him and who He is and what He's done for us, and we head off into life, and then we get distracted. 
And we get excited by this or excited by that. We get diverted in different places. We head down different roads. And pretty soon, what ends up happening, we know that we love Christ. We know that he's important to us. We know that we need him every single step of the day. But what happens is we get further and further and further away, thinking that we can do this all on our own. And then all of a sudden, we come to a place where we are frightened, we are afraid, and we're looking around wondering, where is he? Man, what could not be more true is the fact that he has never left our side. We've walked away maybe. We've gotten out there on our own somehow. But, but listen, Jesus is always there. He said it very clearly. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So know this today. You might feel like God is not present. You may feel like you're out there all by yourself and you're wondering where the presence of God is. You're wondering where the power of God is. You're wondering where the, 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 the provision from God is. Listen, God is not slack according to his promise. God will always deliver. God is always there. He promised, I will, will be with you no matter what. But not only does he promise us that he'll be with us here, not only does he promise us that he'll be with us every step of the way as we walk through this thing called life, but if we go over to the last book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, and we go to the last chapter, chapter 22, and we go to the last verses in the Bible, the last verses in chapter 22 of Revelation in verse 20 and 21, Jesus had another statement that he wanted to give to us. And so John, writing this passage, he says, He who testifies to these things says, in other words, Jesus said this, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. It's important to know that Jesus promised, I'll be with you every step of the way. But it's also important to know that Jesus said, And I will soon come back to bring you to myself. Time is short. We're at a point in life, we're a point in culture, a point in society, where if you look into scriptures and you look into prophecy, which we're not going to do today, I got to be honest with you, uh, signs are definitely pointing to the fact that we're very close, very close to the fulfillment of God's word and the fulfillment of prophecy in God's word that we will be taken up. The question is this, are you ready? Jesus promised us hope. He promised us a challenge and encouragement. He promised us, man, you, you, you know I'll be with you every step of the way. He promised all power has been given to me. He told us, go and tell. But the biggest question that I have for you today is, have you believed? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that he died and that he rose again? And that by believing in him, that you will have eternal life in his name? Because I shared with you earlier that when we die, if we don't know Christ, if we don't have him as as our Lord and Savior, we will spend a real eternity in a very real place called hell. But the good news, the great news, is that by believing in Jesus, when we die, we will spend eternity in a very real place called heaven if we know Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And so today, the question, have you believed? Have you trusted him as your Lord and Savior? Have you said, I believe that he is God's son, that he died and that he rose again? And if not, then my friend, today, this moment, this time, wherever you're seated, is the best time to make that decision. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans 
that if we believe that Jesus is God's son, if we believe that he died and that he rose again, Romans 10, 13, I share it often and I'm going to keep on sharing it until Christ returns or until he calls me home. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The reason that is such an important word, anyone, is that it means no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times that you've blown it, God loves you anyway. And that Christ died for you anyway. And that if you will simply believe that he is God's son, that he died and that he rose again for you, that today you can call on his name and you will be saved. Right now, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to lead us in a prayer that does nothing more than to call into power, call into action, the promises, the word of God that we've shared today. And as I pray this prayer, if you're watching this service today and you've never come to the place where you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you today in this moment to pray this prayer along with me, believing that he is God's son, believing that he died and that he rose again, trusting him today. So would you pray this prayer with me right now? Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up over and over. But God, I thank you that you love me anyway. God, today I pray, forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe that he died and that he rose again for me. That he paid for my sins. So today, Father, save me through your son, Jesus. And help me to live for you for the rest of my life as you give me the power to do it. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to email me at pastor at trbc.org. Let me know that you prayed that prayer. Let me know that you agreed with that great promise that God gives to us, that if we will believe in Jesus, that we will have salvation in his name. We would love to pray with you, to talk with you, to share with you some information about what it means to be a follower of Christ. So I encourage you, email me today. Give us a call here at the church today. We would love to help you begin a brand new life with Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. What a great hope that we have, a great promise that we have in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace to bring hope. And today that's the message that we want to share with you. And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of, of connecting with him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's this, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, he gave his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth, to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves. What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you. Christ died for you. But three days later, he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's word, it's very clear. What we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the son of God. We must believe that he died and that he rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes through Jesus. And if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, do so today, believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope, to let the world know God loves.